everyone, and welcome back to a very special bonus episode of Top Model Rewind. This is Danielle. This is Alex. And today we have an amazing guest. You probably already know because you've seen it in the episode description, but the fierce, the fabulous Feranda Brasfield <laughs> is with us today. We are so happy. Thank you so much for joining us. Feranda. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing? <laughs> and like we said, you're our first contestant interview we've ever done. Mm-hmm. And wow. our first, like oh, I've said, first attorney that we've interviewed too. We're very, yeah. <laughs> We love the whole story arc uh, with you talking about being wanting to be an attorney on the show and then actually becoming an attorney. It's amazing. Like, it's just like, wow, yep, she meant that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Thank you so much. You know, I feel like I have lived like so many different and very distinct lives. So um, I'm happy to be um, where I am and um, excited yeah. for the next life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. we actually mentioned that on the, I think, maybe one of the first episodes you're like, she's been on America's Next Top Model. Like, and we know that you've been a realtor. <laughs> yeah. We're way too obsessed with the show and everything like that. So right. You know, like mm-hmm. everything about all the contestants. So, <laughs> and now she, you're an attorney and you were on the show. It's just like so many different things that you've done and it's all, and I know that you're an activist as well. So it's just so many, so many great things. Like it's amazing to have you on. Um, Thank you. But also what we really appreciate about you on the show, besides being a great model on the show, is you're, you are just one of the most fun personalities on the One of the six. most, yeah. One of the funniest, most candid people on the show. That, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just tells us what she thinks and it's perfect every time. Yeah. We love your sense of humor on the show. You have like a very deadpan sense of humor. And I don't think <laughs> everyone realizes that you're joking a lot of the time. Um, That's my but- life. That's my life, actually. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes it. It's just, is that kind of like your, your humor is like this deadpan, um, yeah, deadpan joking kind of kind of sarcastic. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is, you know, and sometimes <laughs> people catch it and sometimes they don't. And um, I usually just, let it go. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Really you've got the kind stuff. of, yeah, you've got the kind of wit where if they don't get it, then it doesn't really matter. But if they get it, then it's just hilarious. So <laughs> you are so funny. We really Thank appreciate you. it. Yeah. Yeah. And like on like the theme of like the funny things you do on the show and everything, um, we were curious about your, uh, your crown in the show. Like, where did you get the, do you remember? <laughs> And then you've got got a crown in the Oliver Twix interview. Yeah, you have the crown in the Oliver Twix interview, which we loved as well. Mm -hmm. I do. Um, It's so funny. Um, You know, I've always worn crowns. Um, I've always worn crowns. Um, I just felt like um, I feel like I'm royalty. Yeah. And so I always um, wore crowns. And and then when we got to the house, they had this um, like prop box full of stuff. Oh. And there was this fluffy crown oh, in there. That's perfect. Like, yes, this is for me. And I wore it the entire time. <laughs> oh, oh my perfect. gosh. Yeah. yeah. So what else do they have in this box of props? <laughs> I'm very good. They had like really big glasses. They had, um, I want to say hats. I know that they had, um, like necklaces and things like that, okay. but, um, yeah, the crown is the only thing that I pulled out of the box. <laughs> was it props for like confessional or something? Yeah, or, like, when what you're in would the confessional that be for? Room? Photo shoot? Sure, they were, um, they, I think they were for the, like the confessional room. Okay. Um, but um, I just huh. took the crown embraced it. Embraced it, exactly. You know, I'm wondering if they did this every cycle because there's definitely another cycle where we see Eva put on a wig when she gets to the house. Like she finds a wig and she puts it on. And I'm wondering, did they just always give these prop boxes? Yeah. To the- you know, this may be the same prop box. I think that I remember a wig. Um, they were the okay. season before us. And so um, yeah. I actually took the crown with me. So um, oh the next gosh. cycle did not get the crown. But I think... <laughs> I they, don't they don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. <laughs> that yep. is, that is really wonderful that they've got. So do you still have the crown? That's another question. I do. I do have the, I do have the crown. Awesome. Um, it's back in, um, in a closet, but I do have the crown. I have such, I have a box of keepsakes and I've got a lot of stuff from top model there. What else That's do you cool. have in the, in the box? Um, in that box, I've got like, um, some receipts, like we rarely got to eat out. Um, and so we would like beg the driver to take us to In-N-Out Burger and like we would scream on the, on the, on the van, like, take us, take us, take us like in protest. 
So I've got some receipts from um, from those things. I've got a um, a pair of JCPenney boots that um, from one of the challenges that awesome. um, that we won. Of course, I've got the ring that um, when Jade won the challenge oh, that yeah. um, yeah. Jade Nina and I received. I've got that ring. Um, what else do I have back there? I think I've got like a dress um, that from from the show. Um, just a yeah. little keepsake box. I'll tell you something that's really funny too. I've not ever told anybody. Um, Ooh, we we lived off Sumatra and I, they don't even it's not a popular I mean, it used to be when you go to go to Starbucks that's all you could buy oh yeah and so we lived off Sumatra and so now um <laughs> I will like search the world to find Sumatra I've got to have it so I don't go to Starbucks often is that a type of coffee or it is it is it's a kind of okay um it's not one that they um frequently have now yeah but um but you can still find it and brew it yourself so yeah All right. Yeah. Nice. You took something from your top model days. My Sumatra, my love for Sumatra. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's great. I love that you have your own almost like ANTM prop box yourself. Yeah. (laughs) In your closet. Um, I feel like a lot of girls will sell their jewelry that they win on the show, but why did you decide to keep it? Just, you know, emotional attachment or. Um, yes. I mean, it was emotional attachment to a certain degree. I actually put it on eBay one time. Oh, really? Um, and so um, yep, I, didn't get the price. <laughs> I didn't get the price that I wanted for it. So I guess it's kind of defaults. Like, I guess I'll keep it. Um, yeah. you know, there were some hard times after a top model, um, trying mm-hmm. to, um, figure out, um, where I fit in the modeling world, if I wanted to fit into the modeling world. Um, You know, it's very difficult after top model, you can't really go wait tables, you know, Um, and to find a, I mean, everybody knows you too. So if you, I mean, you have to have money because you didn't make money off the show. You've got all these bills that were piling up at home. So Mm -hmm. um, it was difficult um, for a while, just trying to find my place in the world trying mm-hmm. to um, set goals for myself, yeah. um, trying to make money in ways that wouldn't um, feel demeaning because so many people know um, who I am. And um, like, girl, why are you working at Burger King? You know, not because <laughs> mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with working at Burger King, but yeah, I, no. um, and I'm just using that as an example. But, mm-hmm. um, but you know, um, people um, have a way of, um, of making you um, feel some type of way about being a regular person Mm-hmm. And not being this um, multi-millionaire reality, um, multi-million dollar reality star. I don't know many reality stars that um, have millions and millions of dollars. You know, I told this one lady um, from my hometown um, mm-hmm. that I was going. She's like, what are you doing with yourself now? I said, oh, well, I'm in law school. She said, well, you just gave up, huh? What? Oh, God. <laughs> so, you know, that's the kind of um, thing that, that you um, are faced with when you're thrust into the limelight. Yeah. Um, you're young. You mm-hmm. are um, still trying to find your way and you're not independently wealthy. So it was a struggle for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's rough. How and did would- you- I Oops. can't imagine someone have the audacity to say that when you're in school to become a lawyer. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, you uh, gave up. You <laughs> gave up. Huh? Excuse me. Is this what giving up looks like? <laughs> yeah, doing one of the hardest things you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, it, what inspired you to go on the show in the first place? Like, why did you want to become a model? You know, um, modeling is something that um, there are a couple reasons um, that I wanted to be a model. Um, First, um, I've always been taller than everybody else and mm-hmm. real thin. And so um, people always say, you play basketball or do you model? Um, and, and because of those questions, I started to do both. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, the, um, the impetus to, um, to actually try out for the show um, came from my cousin, um, Michael Brassfield. Um, he called me one day. He's like, you know, they're going to be up at the Metroplex. You got to go. You got to go. And I was like, OK, I'll go. Um, and I think he did this twice, like two years in a row. He, mm-hmm. the first year I was like, okay, I'll go. And I never went. And then the next year, um, he called me and then he called me again. He's like, they're, they're going to be there tomorrow. You got to go. You got to go. And so I went. And what a lot of people don't know is that, um, I auditioned for maybe cycle three, maybe. Um, oh, and okay. so, and so they kept those tapes, like they, they kept those tapes, they had them in a box and they were going to throw them away. And, mm-hmm. um, one of the, um, one of the PAs went back through the tapes and, um, and decided that he wanted to call me, um, call me back for, um, the Kansas city tryout. Wow. And none of my numbers worked. Like all of my numbers were different and disconnected. 
Um, the only number that was the same was my friend Tabitha Lee. And so they got in touch with her and they're like, hello, can we, we want to get in touch with um, Veronica. Can we have her number? She's like, um, no, I will. Um, this is this top model. Okay. Really? I'll give her. Your oh number. yeah. 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 <laughs> and she did. And, um, and the rest is history. Nice. Wow. That is a crazy story. Like yeah. I can't believe we almost missed out on having you on the show. <laughs> That would have been such a sad life. I mean, cycle six has a bunch of great people on it, but I mean, you truly were in like the top tier. Yeah. You're a big piece of that pie. Yeah. Yeah. Of it all for sure. So uh, talking about, you know, the beginning of your top model experience and casting week, there's so much stuff that happened in casting week. Um, I was wondering, I mean, you had a great, a great line and the perfect response to that girl, Danny, who seemed like she hated everyone that wasn't, you know, a white, white or straight, <laughs> like, right? Pretty much. And she, you, she said something about, oh, there were black people at the audition. Audition. And you had the perfect response, which was like, "What's your point, though? Like, what is your point, Danny? Yes. Like, what are you trying to say to? <laughs> like, yeah. basically trying to like please, expose yourself. <laughs> like, you've already, you've already done it a little bit, but I'm gonna like see you." see if you'll expose yourself even more on this, this point. And I was wondering, you know, it seemed like she was there on the show to, you know, basically be a lesson, you know, you can't be a model if you don't, you don't like gay people, which is, you know, valid. There's lots of gay people in the industry. I mean, did you feel like they casted her just to, to chop her to, to make sure that she didn't get on the show? Or do you think she was like a legitimate contestant? I think she was there for, um, for the shock factor. I, yeah. I absolutely do. Um, when, um, I mean, she, she was a beautiful girl. Um, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I can't say that she wasn't, um, beautiful of outer appearance. Um, if I was just yeah. seeing her, I'm like, Oh, that's a cute girl. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think that there were plenty of girls that were called back to Pasadena that, um, were more, um, model material, m- material than her. And there were plenty of girls in Kansas city at the, at the um, callback that I was at that were, you know, much more of um, model material than Danny. Yeah. I think she was absolutely there for the shock factor mm-hmm. and to yeah. see whose buttons she could push, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I definitely don't think it would, would fly today. Thank God. Like you, you don't want someone like that to affiliated. Want, yeah. You mm-hmm. just don't want, you don't want someone to push buttons. Like you shouldn't have to, you shouldn't have had to go through that, you know, basically. Exactly. So then it would be a reality show. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I hope that we've like gotten a little bit of our souls back, even with reality TV. I know it's still like a, a minefield and they still play with contestants all the time on reality TV, but I hope that would be something that they, we wouldn't do in 2021. We hope, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, she was definitely like more of like a cheerleader type, you know, like, yeah, beautiful for a, you know, a cheerleader, but not, she didn't give me like model vibes either for mm-hmm. sure. Um, another thing about casting, I don't know, like, do you remember, um, the Claudia from casting? So she was actually the first trans contestant ever on America's next top model, but she didn't make it past casting week. And she said that she thought she got cut because she was trans. Do you, do you remember her on the show and why she why she got cut or anything you know the funniest thing is this i knew claudia before top model oh really um i did and i had no idea that claudia was a trans woman um when i met claudia um we worked these um it was in new york and we worked these um i would love to catch up with claudia we this is in my former 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 life yeah. Um, I moved to New York and I was going to make it big as a model. And this is before top model. And Claudia and I, we used to get paid to um, go sit in VIP of clubs and mm-hmm. um, and act like we were having the time of our life. Mm-hmm. So we got paid to do that. And then we um, would work these parties where we would dress up. And I've got a picture um, somewhere. I've got to find it where we would dress up in um, made outfits, like these really cute <laughs> made outfits yeah. and um, and just walk around the parties and, and wave at people. And um, so, yeah, that's that's where I know Claudia from. And um, wow. it was so um, amazing when I, you know, when I actually saw her again mm-hmm. um, through on, on the show. I'm like, I don't know that I made contact with Claudia. Um, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Other than when I went back to watch the show, I was like, oh my God, that is her. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, really? So when you were on the show, you didn't even realize she was there. Is that right. what you mean? Or, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So it must've, she must've been on just for like a flash in the pan thing. Like she must've been, um, it did seem that way pretty early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But that's fascinating. I had no idea. I mean, the show played it off as if you were went straight from Arkansas to America's Next Top Model. So I didn't know that you you were in New York City for a time. How long did you stay there before you got on the show? Oh, my goodness. Um, so I moved. I was in New York twice. Um, I lived in New York with um, my friend Rhonda Smith from um, she's actually Rhonda Brookins, um, name dropping. Um, she's actually um, from Stuttgart and she moved to Brooklyn. We lived in Crown Heights, um, uh-huh. Brooklyn, right off the number four <laughs> train, Crown Heights, Utica mm-hmm. um, stop. And we um, we lived there for a time in in Brooklyn. Um this was maybe two years before, mm-hmm. two years before I went on Top Model. And then um, when they called me for Pasadena mm-hmm. to come back for the semifinals, I had moved to like that week, I'd moved back to, um, to the city. And so mm-hmm. I was in New York during that time. I didn't have a passport. Okay. So that was the best place for me to be to get yeah. an expedited passport. But I was oh, there yeah. all of like, um, I was there like the like two days when they called me and said, hey, we need you to be in Pasadena like next week. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, wow. Um, my plans to live in New York that time, um, they were thwarted um, because yeah. of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no <laughs> wonder so many contestants just have to drop everything and go. Yeah. yeah. You got it. Yeah. It's like, hurry up and hurry up, hurry up and wait. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's fascinating. Um, so, and another thing, and you do not by the way, I have to talk about this or answer this at all if you don't feel comfortable. But on the casting episode, they they asked you about your one of your your previous lives before the show being a phone sex operator, which we're all for. We love that for you. <laughs> you did that. But we were like talking about it when we first we first covered the audition episode. We're like, how do you get that job? Like, is yeah, it like a how classified do you... ad? Yeah. <laughs> how do you get into that? So listen, I was a, a, a pioneer of the work from home movement. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> this was um, another life um, before Top Model. I mm-hmm. moved to um, California and oh, wow. um, I moved to California to, um, you know, I, I thought I wanted to be famous. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I was there and um, some of my friends moved out. Um, Tamika Mixon moved out there with me. Mm-hmm. We lived in a hotel. It's like a a hotel. Um, <laughs> it was, um, we lived on La Brea for a while. Then we lived on um, Crenshaw and Arba Vita in mm-hmm. these like pay by the hour hotels. And okay. um, we would walk when we would walk up the street. Um, people would try to actually pick us up. They thought that we um, were working, um, that mm-hmm. we were sex workers. Yeah. But um, that's not what you asked me. I, when I, <laughs> when I got ready to, <laughs> when I got ready to move back to, um, to Arkansas, I had been looking at all of these, you know, work from home jobs and this particular work from, it was a phone, telephone actress is what they called it. Oh, it wasn't, okay. Phone okay, sex gotcha. operator is yeah. not what the ads said. <laughs> yeah. It's like a telephone actress. And so um, I went to the orientation and um, they talked about the money and uh, work from home, you know, anywhere. I was like, oh, goodness, I can take my California job back to Arkansas with me. And then they hit us with the, well, it's um, actually, um, it's you're acting through like um, the the deepest desires of, of our callers. <laughs> oh my God. So your fantasy acting. <laughs> and so that's how um, that's how I got into it. And um, it was pretty good money. I mean, I would sit and play Pac Man yeah. all day. Um, <laughs> and um, whenever, and I'd have this headset on, and then the phone would beep, and they'd be like, beep, black and beautiful. It's like, yeah. hey, how you doing? You know, and it's like, um, beep. Um, you know, it, it has wild. these different, different prompts. categories. And, yeah, yeah. Like, um, hi, how are you? <laughs> you you know. still got it. So, <laughs> still do all the characters. So, it yes. was easy money. Um, it was yeah. easy money. Don't, don't, um, don't cancel me culture, please. Oh no, no. Yeah. Never. No. That's great. I like the, the I, layers I, of code I was that say. they put you through before they're like, oh, and this is the actual job. By the yeah. Way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But that's wonderful. I just like, I love all your different careers throughout time. Like, it's just, it's wonderful. I, yeah. You, like you said, you've lived so many different lives already. So, yeah. yeah. And also like, so Stuttgart and you, you live there now, right? That's where your practice is. That's where my practice is. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what kind of, is it, 
it really what kind of town is it or you know what it's a very small town um mm-hmm. it is fueled by um factory jobs mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. it's a it's it's primarily a um, community of working class people mm-hmm. um but you've got these very very wealthy um folks that um have made money um basically because mm-hmm. they've got people that can work for them for low mm-hmm. wages yeah yeah we come from a <laughs> area like that well I was actually I was actually born in Pine Bluff Arkansas Um, my family my family lives there yeah um yeah um but I thought it was interesting so I was thinking I was like Stuttgart I'm pretty sure I know like that's like right by Pine Bluff isn't it it is right by Pine Bluff um I um, I love Stuttgart I also love Pine Bluff I lived in Pine Bluff um for Mm -hmm. quite some time I worked as a career counselor at a high school um Watson Chapel High School in Pine Bluff and that was actually that's the that's my, that's the best job I have ever had. And oh, really modeling all of that, working mm-hmm. at the high school in Pine Bluff was the best job I've ever had. I, I actually saw one of my students yesterday and he, yeah. um, he just finished a master's degree and he's ah. considering law school. His name is Corvette Hudson. Oh. I'm so very proud of him. That's um, amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And I guess like you probably had a part of that too, if you were the career, the career counselor. Yeah. Listen, I did good with those kids. Yeah. Yeah. I have got to pat myself on the back. Another layer. Yeah. Yeah. Proud of. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, um, back to top model land, I guess. Uh, But although we do want at the end, I think we're going to grill you on your lawyer career because you have lots of questions about it. But, um, (laughs) but outside of casting week, um, well, first of all, Jade, we've got to talk about Jade. She is, <laughs> is a character um, and she seems like she was really fond of you. I would say, I feel like, were you guys roommates? It seemed like you were. We were, we were. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, at, at times it seemed like she really liked, you guys had some, I don't know if it was tension or whatever, but she, you know, she kind of had friction with some, several people throughout the show, but like, yeah. what were your like actual feelings about her? Like, how do you, how do you feel about Jade? Like, how did you feel about Jade then? And, you know, now looking back at, at you know, yeah. I really, um, Jade and I had a, a really great and sometimes complicated relationship, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, Jade was, um, very, um, assertive, Mm-hmm. She was a very assertive woman. She's very, um, her, the, um, she would, um, sometimes try to intimidate people. Yeah. And, um, and I think that was part of her strategy for, I mean, it was a reality mm-hmm. show. It was a competition. Yeah. Um, and, and mm-hmm. I, I think, and when she went into, um, intimidation mode, then I went into, Hey girl, don't play with me mode. <laughs> yep. and, yeah. um, and so we do that thing for a while and decide, okay, we're just going to be cool. And so, um, mm-hmm. that's where we always ended up. I really love Jade. Um, I miss Jade. I haven't seen her, um, or heard from her in years. Um, the last time I saw her was in California. Um, actually, um, and she and I were both out there and we got to hang out and spend some time mm-hmm. together, but, um, Jay call me. Um, we, um, Jade is missing in action. Jay call. We miss you, girl. Come back. You know, I just saw that she set up a website, so maybe really? Jade Cole is coming back. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Jay Cole. The world needs Jay Cole, but, um, it seriously it does. does. She just, why did she disappear? I don't Neither. understand. I don't, you know, the, the show was really hard. You know, I have yeah. to, um, um, and, and I had to remind myself of this mm-hmm. just the other day. Mm-hmm. That my experience with Top Model is not everybody's experience. Yeah. You know, sure. there were lots of girls who um, who felt as if they were portrayed in ways that did not reflect their character. Yeah, um, we've heard um, Lisa um, talk about yeah. it um, a whole whole lot. She's got a new video out, and when I saw the video, I was like, "Girl, this ain't what you told me. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. This is not what you said." Um, I just had no idea that um, you know I was going to have a whole clip in the video oh she's boy like, oh. she said i'm making this video and i'm gonna um put your picture in it um i had no idea what it was about i thought mm-hmm. it was gonna be i had no idea but i had to remind myself that um and, and no i'm not upset with lisa um lisa is speaking okay. our truth you know yeah and lisa's truth and my truth um and with top model um are different but um you know what i would say to lisa is like um you know I don't, I wasn't there. Um, but if you are not a drunk, then yeah, the, the mm-hmm. show depicted you in a way that, um, that is misleading. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. so, um, 
you know, I think that Jade had um, a lot of that too. Um, it, I think that was part of her experience with Top Model that um, she mm-hmm. felt as if she was portrayed in ways that um, did not fully or accurately reflect her character. Mm-hmm. And that can be tra- traumatizing, yeah, you know, yeah. when you've got the entire world saying um, Jade's a bitch, you know, mm-hmm. when you've got the entire world saying Lisa is a stark, raving maniac alcoholic you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that can that can um damage your future career that can um you know it could just be bad for your mental health um if nobody Mm -hmm. saw it but you so um my heart goes out to girls um to all of the girls who feel that their um portrayal was not accurate in it and Mm -hmm. and they feel that it was um damaging to them because um Mm -hmm. I can only I mean I had a I, I had a great experience with the show um, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm, um, I'm sorry that that is not everybody's truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do yeah. you feel like certain contestants got like special treatment over others or got negative treatment, like for no reason? You know, um, I think that, um, you know, I wasn't at the writer's table, but I know that there are writers on um, reality show. Um, they actually went on strike one day at a, um, at a gas station that I pulled up to. And they were like, Rhonda, come home to pick a sign with them. Oh, oh God. Um, you know, they're wanting to get more money. I'm like, hey, I didn't get any money. So I'm going yeah. to hold your own pick signs and <laughs> yeah. stay up. <laughs> so, um, they, you know, that was, um, that's the nature of reality. TV. It, it is, um, although I have the utmost respects for um, the casting directors and, you know, production and of course Tyra Banks, but um, there is an exploitative nature to um, reality TV where you're taking someone's likeness. Um, and of course, we all signed up for these bad deals where we right. weren't getting um, any money um, for the perpetual use of our image and our likeness. Um, but um, that's the nature of reality TV show. You know, somebody's going to make a whole lot of money and the people that are going to um, be cast out, thrown out into the world are, are not going to make any or, or very little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to put some context to the Lisa stuff. So, you know, the listeners know what you're talking about. So she released kind of a song that was um, talking about her negative experience with America's Exile model and Tyra Banks. And she used some clips from the Oliver interviews and included one of your, one of your mm-hmm. clips, but in, it sounded like she asked for permission and you gave it to her. Is that kind of what happened there? No, 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 Lisa said that she was going to be doing a video. And I think it was like, um, like a video that she always does or something. Um, like a weekly, I think she does. Like a, like a, yes. Like a, like a kind of, I thought it was a, like a weekly thing that she yeah, does and she was going to put my picture in it. Um, she oh, was going to put my picture okay. in it. I had no idea. They had a whole music video, baby. They were at a castle okay. that apparently Lisa <laughs> lives in this castle. They were walking back and forth. They were in a pool. They had verses and bars, babe. They um and they did it real real big, and then um they wow. had a cameo from Feranda saying um <laughs> that that um you know Tyra wasn't the only one that abused the models and something else, and I was like oh I had no idea I was starring in this video, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that, that clears it up for sure. Then, yeah, it was interesting because what you were saying kind of seemed like it was on the side of like, you know, it's, we shouldn't put all the blame on Tyra because it was an exploit, it was an exploitive industry in general. You know, Um, and I think, um, and you know, Danny Evans, um, shout out to Danielle, uh, winner of cycle mm -hmm. six, um, Arkansas hometown girl. (laughs) Um, you know, she's, she's dealt with this recently, um, and Mm -hmm. talks about it, um, how, this is a industry norm. Like models are at the bottom of the totem pole in the industry. You know, everybody gets paid before the models, you know, um, every, the models are the hardest working and Mm -hmm. often the least paid, the worst treated. And this is not just um, on the television show. This is in the modeling industry is what models are experiencing. People are using their images and their likenesses. They're um, past the usage dates. They're not um, compensating models. They're mm-hmm. um, taking advantage. And then when you speak up now, all of a sudden you're difficult to work mm-hmm. with. You're, you could be blackballed and those types of things. And um, 
I think that that's something that that needs to be talked about um, more in the mm-hmm. industry. And it's very hard for um, girls who depend on modeling um, to pay their rent. You know, mm-hmm. it's very difficult for them to make those um, assertions when um, they can very easily be cast out um, of the industry to, you know, not mm-hmm. work anymore. So um, that was the point that the point that I was making is that, you know, there was, a, I, mean, I think right when I did that Oliver Twist interview, the um, people were um, talking about canceling Tyra, you know, mm-hmm. um, canceling Tyra for the comments that she made on um America's Next Top Model. I am. Um, I'm. I don't know how cancel culture works, but it doesn't like feel that great, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, and my point was that you know, Tyra was not the only person that made negative comments to us. Tyra was not the only person um, that um, whatever she was being accused of at the time. If she did that, she was not. Um, she did not act alone. You know, there were plenty mm-hmm. of people that. Um, that had um, a hand in that even um who just wrote a book what was it um jay, jay manuel's book yes um you know just wrote a book and he was real nasty sometimes you know and yes. um, you know I, I, there was like interviews and you know he kind of like you know said he couldn't defend tyra and all of this stuff no defend yourself because you know mm-hmm. what did you yeah. say don't just write a book and and hide your hand so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that was what i meant and another person, I mean, Nigel made some terrible comments in the double liberation about you and your appearance. It seemed like every week he had something, you know, Very really rude to say, to say yeah. about things that you could not change about yourself and actually things yeah. that made you like uniquely beautiful. Like looking back, watching the show when you saw him making those comments and other judges too, like, mm-hmm. how did you feel about that? Um, of course it, it doesn't feel good. Um, you know, to have people, um, saying these things to, um, to the judging panel, but essentially the entire world about your appearance, she's too thin. She looks like a bug. She, Mm. um, she could not make it in this industry, you know, just saying these very, um, negative, um, and nasty things about someone, um, so it doesn't make you feel good. It's not good for your mental health. And um, again, um, I didn't um, I didn't experience the worst of it. There are girls that are still having um, very real issues um, based upon their experience with America's Next Top Model. That's just the reality of it. That's just facts. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that um, there is a responsibility um, that the show has some responsibility to um, to do something about that. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if we need to have a come to Jesus meeting, you know, <laughs> um, a um, a reunion for mm-hmm. um, for because I, I feel like a lot of these girls do not feel heard like um, the um, portrayal that they don't just that they don't agree with about themselves. Um, that was spread over hundreds of countries, you know, people that don't speak English wherever Mm -hmm. have seen these things. And so Mm -hmm. there has not ever been a platform um, for these same girls to speak their truth and to, um, to tell the world, you know, this is really who I am and this is how I was portrayed. And I know this is what you think. Um, I think that would really, really help girls, some girls to feel Mm -hmm. um, vindicated, to get over what has been um, a significant trauma for a lot of girls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I applaud, I mean, I know Oliver Twix, the point of his show is not to do that necessarily, but it's definitely given a platform to a lot of, a lot of contestants to yeah. be able to do something similar to that. I think it was, um, I think, I think what he is doing, what you guys are doing is very important because um, there are a lot of girls that are suffering based upon how the world feels about um the image of them on America's Next Top Model. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine. I just watched the show and absorbed it all, you know? Like, they weren't criticizing me. They were yeah. criticizing these people that are, you know, real human beings and have to think about that and feel that. So the thing, and I, I, I've got to say this, you know, the thing that sets it apart, you know, you can say, we can all say, you know, that's the modeling industry, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But the modeling industry is not where millions of people get to see these things playing out, you know, 
Um, and again, we knew what well, I knew what I was signing up for. Um, I made a conscious decision like, hey, I know my mama and all of the people at Travelers Rest Missionary Baptist Church are going to be watching this show. So I don't want to do anything that's going to I was careful to not to try not to do anything that was going to I was going to live to regret because I've watched the show before and I've mm-hmm. seen like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. You know, some of those, oh, you know, um, cringeworthy moments of Mm -hmm. of girls in past cycles. I was wondering, did you receive any like hate from the public or negative feedback from the public? And what did it have an effect on you if you did? I don't know. You know, I didn't. Um, I had people that made pictures of me like a a praying mantis or something like that. Mm -hmm. Something, you know, like making fun, but there was no one that was saying, oh my God, I think Veranda is a horrible person. She's um, um, a bully or drunk Mm -hmm. or um, she's got mental health issues um, or, you know, I I, I didn't have um, the experience that I've, I've, I know that some other girls had and people Mm -hmm. like um, ATM, America's Next Top Model fans can be like, you know, diehard. Like if they feel some type of way, yeah. You know, you're going to hear about it on Reddit. You're going to be on every blog post. Um, And they'll hold on to it for years. Yes. (laughs) For years. You know, that stuff really never goes away. I probably could um, type in Feranda Praying Mantis right now (laughs) and and find that picture like that. Mm -hmm. So um, I did not, I didn't have that experience, but there Mm -hmm. were things that were said um, and perpetuated that were hurtful. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm wondering too, because when your season premiered, social media was not this huge thing. Um, I mean, the internet was around obviously, but it wasn't like to the level it is now. Like, you know, if you had known that, you know, people could on demand watch this season 20 years down the line and would still be reacting to it as if it was happening in real life, would you have gone on the show knowing that it'd be like around in perpetuity, in perpetuity? Petuity or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, um, I I would have. You know, I think that Top Model was a um when I look back on the experience, um, I think that it was a very um necessary like part of my life and and, the, and part of my development as just a, a person and a human. Um it helped to shape my worldview, um, my understanding of people and um um, and experiences and disappointment um, and how to handle, um, you know, that is a public, um, it's a public disappointment. You know, you are planning and everyone is, you know, eats, sleeping and breathing, becoming America's Next Top Model. When that doesn't happen, you know, that is a huge letdown and everybody in the world sees it. Um, mm-hmm. So that was a great lesson in um, handling diversity you know, dealing with disappointment, um, dealing with public, um, what some might see as a public failure, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that I would absolutely do it again. I think it, um, it was a, um, just a, um, a great lesson. Um, and I learned so much from the experience. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Alex has a question she really wants to ask. <laughs> well, I was curious. I just thought it was so interesting. The house that you guys were in being like the alleged house where the black Dahlia um, w- was murdered. Um, yeah. I'm just curious, like, did you know that before you went to the house or had you even heard of like the black Dahlia before you? You know, I had not, I had not, I didn't know it. I, did, I hadn't heard it. We heard it. Um, we, like we were in the house for some weeks before mm-hmm. we like we like there was some whispers about something's going on with this house like something there's a history and so when we found out we were all like really freaked out like yeah Wait, are we in a damn haunted house you know um and it was already um you know the house is really how would i describe it it is a it's like a rectangle. Um, you know, all of the rooms, the house is built around like a courtyard. Okay. And so the yeah. house is really just a, a, a rectangle mm. around a courtyard that is completely, um, there's like some wire and vines at the top, like mm-hmm. for decoration. But when it rains, it rains straight into the courtyard. Gotcha. Um, it's all outside. And so, um, you know, we started to wonder like, oh my God, you know, 
they're, I mean, we're essentially, we're living outside. <laughs> That's yeah. what we're um, yeah. almost doing. And um, when we found out about the house, you know, a lot of us were freaked out. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah, I'd be too. Was there any haunted feeling about the house? You know, there were weird feelings in the house. Um, there were weird feelings in that house. Um, and I don't know if it was just, um, you know, all of our anxieties um, built up, but there were weird feelings in that house. Um, I never felt like um, I had a dark spirit that was on yeah. me or, or or chasing me through the house or anything like that. That's but there good. was there were um, some vibes in the house that were just um, not great. And it could have just been, you know, we're all competing against each other and my slit each other's throat at the next yeah, it's kind of it's hard to cultivate a, a massive amount of positive energy in such a conditional situation like yeah, yeah. yeah. gosh you just gave me a great idea for a horror movie though like oh my <laughs> reality tv based <laughs> i can see that happening yeah um but also another person i wanted to ask you about or another thing that is i guess little known about the cycle or just wasn't on camera um so Gina is a contestant that we find very fascinating. We haven't, I feel like she just hasn't like appeared. Um, I mean, she's one of those contestants that kind of like disappeared after the show, maybe because it was so traumatic. Um, but she did do a few interviews like immediately after um, when the show was airing. And she mentioned this moment um, that she said other contestants were uh, aware of where she was with Jade and um, someone had asked her if she had like Asian heritage. And, uh, Jade said, hell no. And that offended Gina. And, um, she said that, that she felt that as if that was like the, the root of Jade's animosity towards her. And I don't know if you remember that happening or if you thought that that was a reason why they had beef or like, if you had any thoughts on that, you know, I don't think, um, I certainly, this is my opinion. Um, Gina, um, has her own truths and I would yeah. never try to invalidate that. Um, from where I was sitting, my um, my perspective um, and thought about Gina and Jade is that Gina was an easy target. Um, we were in a competition. Um, Gina was someone that Jade could easily push our buttons. She, she could easily get a reaction out of her um, and she could easily upset her um, and just kind of like you know, do this with her emotions. And, um, she did it. Um, she did it at will. And I would see, I'm like, Jade, come on now, stop, you know, yeah, like you just you stop, mm -hmm. cut it out. You know, she would, um, she would just go in on Gina. Um, and Gina would really not stand up for herself. And so that was, um, that was the experience that I saw. And, um, I, I again, am not, um, Gina's truth is Gina's truth. Yeah. But, um, that's what I thought while we were there. Mm -hmm. Have you, did you ever, cause like I said, she's kind of disappeared. Have you, did you ever keep in contact with her or know anything? I haven't. Um, I would love to see Gina. I would love to see all of the girls, yeah. you know, I, um, I follow a lot of them on social media, you know, mm -hmm. uh, most of the girls have kids mm -hmm. and yeah. um, families. Nana's got a family. Carrie's mm -hmm. got a family. Molly Sue's got a family. Um, Joni's married, you know, mm -hmm. um, Sarah's got a family. Um, I would really, really love to catch up, um, and, and see everyone and, um, just kind of see where they are, uh, where they are now. Yeah. Oliver needs you to host a big, a big <laughs> A&TM party. <laughs> like, yeah. Reunion. I think we need the top model tour part two to happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it could be a reunion <laughs> slash tour so we can meet yeah. you guys. But also yeah. you guys can catch up. Is there who like on the show, would you say you kept like the most in contact with or like, or the closest to now or. I say Joni, um, you know, where, and, um, I love Joni's mom. Um, she has always been supportive and, um, oh, you know, she, um, you know, wherever we are, we always find a way to chat with each other on social media, mm -hmm. um, catch up with each other. We've always followed each other on Facebook. Um, when um, we were both in L.A., um, we would hang out sometimes. So um, I would I would say Joni is probably my Joan, my Joan. My <laughs> she seems like she's so much fun to oh, hang yeah. out with, like just a is. light person, you know. Yeah. And we hung out a lot in the house, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I also love that her mom, <laughs> you're close with her yeah. mom. Like, that's, 
I mean, now I want her to be like, I want to know more about Joni's mom. Donna, <laughs> she's, she's <dope>. Donna. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Um, so another uh, thing on the show, uh, your tie dance is probably one of my favorite. <laughs> yes. So memorable. Recreated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like I was just, I watched the clip before this happens. We haven't gotten to that part in the, the season quite yet, but I wanted to watch the clip to, you know, re- refresh my memory. It looked like they edited it to make it seem like the audience was like laughing it up and like laughing and having a good time. Did was that actually like the reaction you got from the audience? It really was. <laughs> It really was their reaction. I was just laughing. You know, that was, um, it was a hundred, like 114 degrees yeah. in November. And they were, I mean, Danny, um, I think she got out of it. She was in, she went to the hospital. Oh, um, yeah. 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 She went to, I mean, it was just that hot. We were out there eating what Lord knows, whatever, drinking, you know, whatever kind of water. Um, and so I just was not feeling it. And they were like, move your, you know, wrist like this. It was like, like how much time did you have total to like get that together oh yeah that's another maybe we were practicing for like maybe an hour maybe two um and then they were like um they sent us in the back to go paint our faces with this stuff like Mm -hmm. do your best (laughs) you know and then come back out and we're gonna have a whole you know band of drums and you just come out and do your thing and I was like okay I'm gonna do what I do I don't know gonna be tired but it's gonna be something Mm -hmm. I need like days of practicing the same thing over and over again. Yes! For me to get it. Like two me hours. Too. Of time. Me too. But Verona um, does her own thing. <laughs> Were there any like moments that we didn't see on camera that happened that you think are like, you know, just fun off camera moments that mm-hmm. yeah, anything? Um, did, did, did you guys see the hypnosis thing where we were rolling on the floor? I don't think so. I feel like I would remember that, but <laughs> I also do skip the like highlight episodes yeah, a lot. So if it know. was in that, I don't know. <laughs> don't but know I don't think it, you know, okay. So they, um, they uh, uh, were supposed to hypnotize us. They had this man. So you're in a dream of something, <laughs> a very, I can't, uh, um, a very light. So I, I can't remember, um, Joni can tell you better than I can about what the hypnotist hypnosis or hypnotic I don't know what the name of the person is um but um you know he none of us were hypnotized but we were on the show and then just kind of like even at the side of our eyes you know like oh they're doing it okay so you know you know he had them rolling on the floor I want to say we were barking like dogs at one time it was ridiculous you know that was the worst thing ever it was thinking back on it now it's just like it's just um it's funny the things that people will do, um, will just yeah. do because yeah, we yeah. are not hypnotized. We <laughs> yeah. Were just rolling around like some fools <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> there was, you go. was there any context for this? Were they just like, why, yeah, a why, reason why they had a hypnotist <laughs> come in or just for fun? <laughs> I don't even know. I really don't know. I think that was just like, a, like whoever, uh, they probably got fired. Whoever thought of that segment, um, they probably got let go, but, um, it was, it, it was silly. That was silly. So um, that's the, that's one of the things that comes to mind. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's that hilarious. is very interesting. I love that. Um, actually, that's funny. So Alex and I have been friends since high school and mm-hmm. at our prom, they had a hypnotist come mm-hmm. on. I'm pretty sure you got hypnotized, right? I'm Alex? pretty sure I did. Cause I don't remember a lot of it. Yeah. Like, they were all hypnotized. Mm-hmm. There was, no, we were fake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had, like, like, we were in a big all I remember is being in a very large dark room. We were in the auditorium and there was just, it was all dark. And yeah. then there was like a red light that we had to stare at for a really long time. And I just remember mm-hmm. staring at the red light for a really long time. And I remember the hypnotist like saying things, but I don't remember like being around a bunch of people or anything like that. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah. So the memory's real weird about it, but yeah, again, I don't know how, common it is to get hypnotized or if it's easy to do or if you just have to be really willing to be hypnotized (laughs) so yeah yeah. but that's interesting you did the worm that's all I know okay (laughs) they made you dance it was (laughs) interesting yeah Yeah, this is our like after prom where they're like we don't want you to go out and get drunk so we're gonna like trap you in our high school (laughs) yeah (laughs) totally normal thing (laughs) (laughs) to a bunch of teenagers yeah yeah (laughs) 
Um, and also what a totally normal thing to do to reality TV contestants. Sure. Just <laughs> hypnotize them for fun. That seems <laughs> did not work. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm really curious, like after, I think my favorite thing is to know, like after you were eliminated, like, what did you do while you were, you know, off camera and did you get into any like hijinks or just, we did. Um, so I was in the room with Nina, um, you know, when they, um, we, they kept us in the same hotel. Um, Mm -hmm. and basically once you are, um, once you are eliminated, um, my experience was that they put us, they put Nina and I in a hotel and they kept us there most of the day. Like you couldn't leave the room. Like you mm-hmm. had to stay in the hotel room. There would be someone to come and get you out of the room to take you, um, to go eat, um, mm-hmm. breakfast. They would escort you. They would eat breakfast with you. They would take you back to the room and leave you there. Um, then that person would, um, take you out, um, maybe, you know, for a sightsee, um, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. And then, and I was like, Hey, we are grown ass women. Um, we, who is going to keep us in this damn room? So one day we just went out into Thailand. We went everywhere. Like there was, we were all over Thailand. We got on a train and we were just everywhere. It was an amazing time. And of course they were waiting on us at the door when we got back <laughs> and they literally, <laughs> put somebody at the door like they had somebody oh to God. sit at our door so that we didn't guard yeah a uh, guard yes do you have a souvenir in your box from that yes. like excursion i do i have um i bought a hat um nice. i bought a hat it's a fan as well um oh, i got an elephant awesome. while i was there um I i've got um my favorite dashiki i bought from thailand i still have it um so i've got some um some memorabilia that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Oh, there was like, were you, um, did they eliminate you before the swimsuit shoot or were you still? They did, okay, they yeah. did, but they did fly us to Phuket and, um, yeah. we, um, they flew us to Phuket and we still did the, um, we still did the, um, the shoot and we were yeah. actually in the magazine. I had oh, the tears nice. from, um, from the magazine the OPI, it was OP, um, yeah. was the, mm-hmm was the swimsuit line yeah I was wondering about that were they just like uh because it was going to be in the magazine they just let you participate or did they give any explanation for why they so you know I think part of that was that the magazine was going to come out um the magazine was going to come out Uh, before the last episode of the of top model so everyone that went to Thailand shot so there are no spoilers you know gotcha everyone that was in the country um, were in the shoot and there's mm-hmm. no way to know who, who actually was the winner. Yeah. Did they like rush you through it because you yes. wasn't going, okay. Yes, yeah. Absolutely did. I think Nigel shot that one and they were like, snap, snap, snap. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly though, like we, are they, Nigel recently revealed like the photos from that shoot of the, the people who were eliminated. And a lot of them were like some of like the best, they were good photos. Like they were good photos, even though you were only, you know, it was a really quick, snapshot so mm-hmm. i don't know maybe it was just thailand magic or something <laughs> maybe so it was a beautiful island we went to uh, phuket like right after um the it was um there that, that that big tsunami that they had oh yeah oh, wow. 20, wow. um, 2005 or 2006 hmm. um one of those years but yeah hmm. wow um yeah well so after the show did you um try and get into to continue modeling or what happened after that point? So after the show, um, I did model, um, for, um, for a while, um, I was with LA models, um, and I was, um, uh-huh. in their new faces division. Um, I did a lot of runway out there, mm-hmm. um, in LA and then I moved to New York and New York is when I realized that I don't want to be a model. Like I don't want to, um, I don't want to be a model in this, in this regard. Um, mm. I don't want to get out into the snow, go clear across this, this Island, um, New York of New York city <clears throat> to the other end of it from Brooklyn to Harlem, Harlem to Brooklyn, whatever on the train in the snow mm-hmm. so that I can go to somebody's apartment and I can walk back and forth and they can look at me and, you know, examine me and send me on my way for no money 
like mm-hmm. no money. This is all I, it's taken me however long it's taken me to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I haven't made any money. If I book a, um, a shoot um, for a magazine or something, you may I made a couple of hundred bucks, you know, mm-hmm. but I could have did that at a regular job for sure. You know, money. Yeah. I just yeah. felt like I could um, make a better life for myself and have more autonomy over my own personhood um, mm-hmm. doing something else. Mm-hmm. And that was the, that was the decision for me. Now, other girls have been able to, um, you know, you know, skyrocket, um, mm-hmm. with that. But for me, um, I felt like I, I needed more autonomy. I needed more control over my destiny. Um, you know, not if somebody likes me today, um, that's determining if I'm going to eat or not. If somebody likes the way yeah. that I look. Um, mm-hmm. so that's, um, I decided that I, I'd, I'd rather be heard than seen and yeah. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like what, um, after quitting modeling, did you like, what did you get into after that point or, yeah. You know, after, um, after I quit modeling, I went back to um, my hometown of Stuttgart and um, I took a job as a, um, as a teacher at the, at a local community center. So I worked with, um, with some, um, some young people in the community, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, some, and and many of them were at risk and um, I worked there. Um, I moved to Pine Bluff and um, that's when I started working as a career counselor at Watson Chapel High School and um, in junior high. And my job was to um, help students create a plan for their future. Um, while I was helping them create a plan for my future, I was creating my own plan. And I decided that it was time for me to go back to law school and uh, or mm-hmm. go back to school. And that's when I, um, I started law school and mm-hmm. um, inter- I did a, a master's program, too. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so you own your own practice now, correct? Okay. Yeah. Yes. And what do you, what kind of like law do you practice and that sort of thing? So, um, it's a, it's a small town practice. So, um, I've done, um, everything from, um, divorces to, um, child custody, car wrecks, um, criminal cases, um, you know, a number of criminal cases to probate. If somebody, um, passes away, probating the estate. Um, what I'm doing more of now is bankruptcy. You know, with the pandemic, lots of folks are experiencing mm-hmm. um, financial difficulties. And um, yeah. it's really, um, I enjoy helping people reset and, um, you know, seeing um, how the sh- it, it relieves stress for them um, because mm-hmm. they didn't know that they could eliminate their debt in a chapter seven bankruptcy and um, raise their credit score and, and not be harassed by creditors. So, Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing more of that now and I really enjoy it. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. I'm still an advocate for the death penalty. Um, I work with a group called yeah. the Eighth Amendment Project mm-hmm. and um, we are um, working to um, to expand our national strategy um, to um, our ultimate goal is to end the death penalty in this country. But um, my particular work is to is more um, building coalition with um, other issues of criminal legal reform, um, issues mm-hmm. of racial justice reform, because the death penalty is racist as fuck. Mm-hmm. And um, that's that's part of what I do with that group. Yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. great. That is like a cause I feel really strongly about. It. I love that you're you're in in that that world because and I saw that you had you know, you had been a part of that. You've been a part of that for a while, like the, the mm-hmm. abolishing the death penalty movement, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. Yeah. You definitely seemed, you seemed really socially conscious on the show as well. Like just mm-hmm. where do you like attribute that? Like, where do you think you got that, that from? You know, I grew up in a, um, a, a number of, um, small rural towns, Mm-hmm. And um, in a small rural town, um, if you have um, any ounce of self-awareness, you can understand and realize how um, people, primarily Black people, are treated differently, mm-hmm. uh, are treated less than. Um, it, um, when I got to Stuttgart, it was even worse. You know, I came up in this war on drugs where um, it was really a war on people, um, primarily poor people and, and poor and Black people, where you know, the police come and get a wave of black men out of the community and take them to prison um, for um, for these drugs. And um, you just saw the, the devastation of families, you know, classmates whose 
fathers or mothers have been taken to prison. Um, you know, they're left without parents. And just to see that devastation in the community um, really had an impact on me. Um, and um, I'm a hyper, em- I'm a hyper empath um, already. Um, and so um, I just see, I just feel, um, I just feel people's um, pain and joy more than, um, more than most people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it's wonderful that you're a part of the racial justice, um, just fight in Arkansas because it needs it, needs it bad down there. So um, I think that's a wonderful thing. I'm really happy somebody's fighting that fight. Yeah. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Um, well, I, yeah, thank you so much for, for being on the show. Thank you for, uh, you know, doing the work that you do now that you have <laughs> for a long yeah. time. And, uh, you know, do you have any, like, I know you said like your future, your future lives, like, what are you like working towards in your life right now? Or like, you know, what are your, you know, your future goals and things like that? Like, sure. Um, you know, I'm working on a book right now. Oh, um, awesome. I'm working on a book. I've, I've had so many experiences. And so, um, yeah. my goal is to share some of those. Um, I really see myself as a, um, I see myself in television again. Um, and I don't know if that's going to be, um, a talk show host, Oh. Or, um, um, or one of, um, on a panel of, of uh, on a talk show or, um, a correspondent or something mm-hmm. in that nature. But, um, I definitely see myself on, um, doing more television, um, in the future. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, at some point in my life, I think that, um, and, and I don't know when it will be because I, I believe that political office is a huge public service. Um, it's mm-hmm. really not for the person that's in the office. It's for um, the, the people and the constituency that you would serve. And so at some point, I think that um, I will probably um, throw my head in the ring for um, oh, some political amazing. office. And, um, you know, God has showed out in my life. You know, he has taken me places I had never imagined. So I don't know, um, you know, um, it's, it's going to be um, up to him. And I'm, I'm always willing to pick up my feet when he orders my steps. Yeah. And what, so the book that you're working on, it will it be like a, a autobiography or a memoir or something to that effect? It is. Um, it is a memoir. And um, it is um, there. My life is... Has mm-hmm. been almost like a movie, so <laughs> I'm excited yeah. to share. That's awesome. Yeah, that is fantastic. Well, and we'll we know that. For it. Yeah, we know that you would be awesome going back into the acting world because you were awesome on the show doing that. So yeah, yeah, Thank definitely. You. I wish we could pull strings, but we're just lowly podcasters. Yeah, we can't. We, we <laughs> need strings up, pulled girl. for us. So. <laughs> uh, if I was a television producer, you'd be everywhere. Be done. Yeah. <laughs> But, but yeah, I mean, that's great. Well, when you, would you do finish the book, which Angelia Preston is also writing a book. So I'm just like, I'm ready for these, like, you know, two top mm-hmm. model alum books to come out. Um, let us know and we'll promote it at least on our Instagram, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, we, we really appreciate you having you being on here with us. Um, you know, you were like the perfect person to be our first contestant to speak to. Um, and we really, we really appreciate it, but do you have anything else to plug or anything like that? Like, you know, if you have like a website or just your Instagram, do you want to share that or? Sure. My Instagram is pretty simple. It's Veranda. Um, it's my first name. <laughs> yeah, you won um, that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's me. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm the real Veranda on Twitter. Um, I should tweet more. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna do that. And, um, just, um, just want to express my, um, support for, um, all of the girls that are still, um, are still working to find their way. Um, they're still working to overcome, um, Mm -hmm. the experience that is, um, America's next top model. Um, I, um, my heart goes out to um, anyone that, you know, has, um, is experiencing, um, negativity based upon that, you know, because my, um, my experience was largely positive. And so um, my heart goes out to those folks. Um, and, um, I am supportive of, um, of their healing and, um, how, how they can find that, um, abolish the death penalty, Mm. um, please, um, consider, um, supporting your local, 
um, death penalty um, affiliate. Um, you can find more information at the Eighth Amendment Project.org. And um, that's pretty much all that I got. Just stay yeah. tuned. Yeah. yeah, we'll definitely put a link to uh, the Eighth Amendment Project right in mm-hmm. the the show notes, as well as like your your socials and that sort of thing, because that is absolutely worthy cause. Thank you. So, yeah, we have well, a, um, mm-hmm. sorry, we have a new um, we have a new campaign called News to Needle, mm-hmm. and um, it basically um, it paints the um, historical narrative of um, the death penalty, which originally yeah. started as lynching in this country, and so mm-hmm. it's from News to needle mm-hmm. um and that we um we have a facebook page news to needle that okay engage with okay yeah. great yeah we'll link to that as well then yeah mm-hmm. absolutely well thank you again so much we really appreciated having you on so yeah very surreal very amazing <laughs> okay. Okay. thank you Bye, guys so everyone. much <laughs> yeah thank you <laughs> <laughs>